Hello and welcome to Tarot Bites. I'm Teresa Reed, the Tarot Lady. I'm the author of the Tarot Coloring Book and the co-author of Tarot for Troubled Times. I'm also your host for this podcast series. This is episode 165 of Tarot Bites, the podcast where I dish out short, entertaining, bite-sized lessons on how to read tarot. And for today's episode, our topic is reading the cards as personalities in a room. And my special guest is none other than Melinda Lee Holm. Welcome, Melinda. Thank you so much. I'm really excited to talk to you. Well, I'm excited to talk to you because I have a your perfume, which we'll get to in a moment. Uh, but this is such a great topic, and you are the one who suggested this. And one of the things I want to start out, first of all, for people who maybe are just getting to know you, how did you get into tarot? I stumbled upon it quite literally in a mall bookstore in the suburbs when I was 15, you know, um, God bless Barnes and Noble as, as much as we kind of rallied against the, the big boxes. But I was a really solitary kid. I had a very, um, very tough home life um, and a very tough school life. And so I was kind of, um, you know, did a lot of solo wandering and came across this metaphysical section, the occult section in metaphysical and just dove right in. And so that the first deck that I got was, uh, was Crowley's deck and his book. So I went uh, straight for the most complex thing I could possibly find for myself, of course. And then, um, you know, that the beloved big blue book, the Buckland's book of witchcraft. And that totally, totally changed my life, opened my life. Um, I mean, I think really made me survive, quite honestly. Well, that's so interesting because that's almost identical to my journey into tarot as well. Oh my gosh. I mean, it's just crazy. I had a very tough uh, early childhood. Very, It was very difficult. And on one of the rare occasions that we went to the mall, we lived in a rural area. Mm-hmm. I went to Walden Books because back then there was Walden Books. Yes. And I stumbled upon a tarot deck because I had just gotten into astrology from a girlfriend's mother. And that's how I found tarot. And my first deck was the Marseille's deck, which is also <laughs> yeah. the hardest. I mean, it's like we both kind of, and I was 15. So, I mean, this is like our story. You're a Midwesterner. I was in yeah. Minnesota. You're a fellow Midwesterner, right? I'm in Wisconsin. Yeah. We're practically neighbors. <laughs> <laughs> so that is so funny. It's like, as you're telling the story, it's like, oh my God, I think there's so many of us. And I, I have always been very introverted too. And so I think there's so many of us that have kind of a similar way of coming into tarot. We're searching for something. We're trying to figure ourselves out. And here we are. Yeah, exactly. And and I think too that it that when we do come from those backgrounds that um that are a little tougher and we have to process some things that maybe other people don't have to process, it does really put us in this privileged position to help other people. Right. Because we've got this background that it's like, okay, I'm not making any assumptions about any situation because all of that was blown out of the water at such an early age. And I really, you know, not like, oh, I'm thankful for that. But I do, in a way I am because I, I don't think that I'd be able to do the work I do at the level I do it without it. Absolutely. I, I'm totally in agreement a thousand percent. If people can see me right now, I'm nodding my head. I, fig- I feel like the trauma that happened in my early life really prepared me for uh, the work that I do. It helped me to become more compassionate, mm-hmm. more empathic, less judgmental, 
Because mm-hmm. if you've been down a very difficult, dark path, oftentimes then you are prepared, first of all, to deal with just about anything. And you're going to look at people through those lens of compassion. Yes. You know, if you have everything all easy, 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 it's harder to understand suffering. Yes, much. And it's, and it's harder to understand uh, cruelty. Yes. You know, I think that just even the nature of cruelty and having, you know, dealing with a parent who's very cruel and, you know, no one is any one thing 100% of the time. And so someone who's supposed to be your caretaker being cruel, but then also they're kind sometimes, it really doesn't allow you to see the world in those binary terms anymore. Absolutely. Again, we're speaking the same lingo. It sounds like we have very, very similar upbringing. So I can totally get that. Yeah. So let's go ahead and start talking about tarot. You know, there's so many ways to read tarot. And Mm -hmm. now you mentioned that you have this method that involves reading the cards as personalities in a room. I'm intrigued. And I would love for you to elaborate on that. And I think this is going to be something that my listeners are going to be really into. Well, yeah, I think so. And I, I hope so. And I sort of started doing it long before I realized what I was doing. Um, so I, I'm so, I don't read reversals and I, I started out and I, you know, I studied reversals and I tried and it just didn't, it just wasn't quite right. You know, it did, it didn't really stick. Um, and so here I am always like flipping the cards around. And then at some point I went back and realized that the Celtic cross spread that I was using was not a traditional one that I, you know, the sort of right hand column was moved up so that I had, you know, the, the two bottom cards in alignment and then this sort of path through the middle, two cards at the top and then one uh, off on its own. And it occurred to me, Oh, well, that's why I don't read reversals because I'm not reading any of the cards as individuals. I'm reading them as if they're in this room all together. And so then from there, okay, so if, you know, if in this sort of uh, subconscious level, foundational level, you've got, you know, the, let's say the high priestess and then the knight of swords. Well, that's going to be, you know, both of those cards, you can say, oh, this one's good and this one's bad or, or whatever. But they're, however you see them, that's an uncomfortable tension because the high priestess is sort of calling you to be more um, introspective, more solitary, have boundaries. Well, the Knight of Swords is screaming like, no, shout it from the rooftops. Go, 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 go. This fire of air, like wanting this message to come out. And so that's how I started kind of formulating this thing like, oh, okay. So instead of going to this position means the past and this card means introspection. So there was introspection in the past, looking at it as if there's this party and here's all of these people at the party. And so um, when, and I've taught this uh, in workshop a a few times and, and look forward to teaching it more and it, it is really difficult to get people to sort of back up and say, okay, what, what's, the, what's the vibe of your party? And they go, uh, well, okay, so I'm coming out of some, no, no, no. Take a step back. Just look at the overall vibe. All of, if all of these cards were people, is it, is it a lighthearted party? Is it, 
pretty quiet? Is it more of a book club? What's going on? And that sort of gets people, oh, okay. And we, you know, it takes a lot of practice, but that's how I can kind of get people there. I think this is fascinating. I love this idea because you're not, you know, so many times I think here's one of the things that people get really stuck in in tarot. They want everything like this position means that, that thing means that. And you're looking at this really actually holistically. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And there's, there's something about that, that just, it's so freeing in so many ways because it also takes you away from being correct and puts you, if there's, if there's no correct answer, then you're free to just give guidance. Yes. You know, really provide guidance for people and help like tell a story because just, you know, and again, it comes back to like people in a room and there can be, there can be one person in that room. How does that feel to be alone? Two, 10, like whatever you're working with. But if you start to see those personalities and you um, sort of anthropomorphize the, you know, some of the cards, you can, you can get into like, well, what, what would that look like for these two people to resolve this conflict? Yes. What do they have to offer each other? Like what's the, what's the alchemy that happens when these energies come together, which I think is really great. I I do too. I think that's, it, it really lends a very, very different energy to tarot reading. And I think, you know, I, I mean, I'm older and, you know, oftentimes, uh, you know, in older books, it was more like this was just purely predictive stuff. And it's really changed over the years. And I think so many more people are opening up to the tarot as a tool for guidance. And so looking at it from this perspective is more about healing. And I love that. So let me just, let me just play. I'm just going to pull three cards. So if I have the Ace of Wands, Mm-hmm. And the Queen of Wands and, and the Empress, and I'm going to look at them right now as personalities. Um, you know, that Ace of Wands always has that feeling like, ta-da, I'm the first one at the party. I got here early. Yeah. And the Queen of Wands looks more like she's she's found her place. She's very comfortable. I almost see her as the person who is kind of monitoring the party and making sure everything's running really smoothly. And she's keeping like the games happening so people are having fun so she's kind of like in there and she's doing her thing to make sure everyone's having a good time whereas the empress i mean when i look at the empress i think of the empress as she's having pleasure she's eating all the cake she the 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 one in the party that everybody wants to hang out they want to be near her because she's so fabulous Mm. so this energy between these three cards and if we look at that for personalities it really then does have that feeling of pleasure and fire and people coming together and they're doing something exciting. Yes. And, and all of those, when you're describing, just even naming the cards, like, Oh, this is such a good party. Yes. Even though there are these strong personalities, they're all personalities that sort of allow each other to exist and celebrate it. And especially with that queen of wands, you know, where she's, really able to just sit back and enjoy what's going on and doesn't yeah. need to comment and, you know, doesn't, there's no, there's no judgment or anything, just like really kind of um, almost holding space and, and stoking the flames of <laughs> whatever's going on. Yeah. And then when we look at that from the, the guidance perspective, 
we could be saying that this is just such a fabulous fired up time where there's all this creative energy and you can enjoy this journey right now. Enjoy every moment. This is your time. I mean, that's how we can look at that then from an interpretive standpoint. Exactly. And don't, yeah, don't be, don't be afraid to shine. You know, I think that just, just generally speaking, that Empress energy can be a little bit difficult to embody, you know, especially for women, we're told to stay small and not make too big of a fuss. And so just like almost giving permission yes. to, to walk into a room and to take up space and be big and love yourself and celebrate yourself. Oh, I love that. And it's already, I'm looking at this like, wow, this is a really awesome method. It's again, it's a way of turning it on its head. Yes. And the other thing that I, that I have found is that when you use this method, it means that there is no such thing as bad news. Yeah. There's no bad news because everything is just a way in to moving forward. So if there's, if there's a heaviness, if there's a conflict, if there's a difficulty, oh, how wonderful that we've uncovered that. We've specified it and we're able to talk about it and we can see by the surrounding cards what's really going to be the most fruitful path forward to get through it. That is amazing. Amazing. So what do you, what do you say then about a method like this for people who want a straight up prediction though? We're like, I don't want guidance. I just want to know what my future is. I mean, what is your perspective on that? Um, <laughs> you know, for me, I just say I don't. I'm, I'm not that reader. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. just not that read because there's, and I think that, you know, when, when you're in this profession and you're, you know, you're, you're providing the service, like you've got to, you've got to stay in alignment with yourself. Otherwise you're going to get so exhausted and burnt out. And, and that's another thing I don't. And, you know, I, I, you know, I, I hear about other people or see other people online saying like, oh, it's just so exhausting. Oh, I get so drained. I get so drained. and I don't. And I think that that in large part is because I have this boundary around this is what I offer. And if, if that's what you like, come on in, the water's warm, you know, like, like, let's get into this. And if not, that's totally fine. And I, I get it. And I'm happy to, you know, recommend, um, you know, help you find other people that I can recommend that do work in a more predictive fashion. Which I love because that's very much like these little cards in front of me right now. It's like your energy is this welcoming party where everybody can have a good time, but they're free to leave. Yeah, wait a minute. You just read for me. (laughs) (laughs) So I love that. I I just think this method is so smart. Here's another thing I want to ask you. So now you don't work with reversals. Now, what if someone says, well, I want to use your method, but darn it, I want to use reversals. What do you say to that? I say go for it. Yeah. You know, if reversals are your thing, go for it. Because then it's, and especially if somebody is like, oh, like that's a really strong feeling. then that means that that person has a strong relationship with reversals and they, and they should absolutely honor that. And then whatever that reversal personality is, then that, you know, that plays into it. Um, I love that. Yeah. And I love fiddling around with reversal. So, you know, if I had like the six of wands, let's say reversed, and that was in this party that we just talked about, that might tell me, oh my God, here's coming a party crasher now, son of a gun, this guy's coming in here. What does he want? Mm-hmm. You know, so that right away is showing the little conflict. And now here I have something else juicy to play with. 
right, then you've got something else to work with where it's like, okay, maybe, maybe the guidance then is, you know, when you are in your empress mode, making sure to, you know, that, that you're including everyone in a room, making sure that you're letting your light shine on other people and not just on yourself, you know, otherwise you're going to get a little blowback. Love it. Love it. I'm, I'm liking this party that we're having here. It's so fun <laughs> to talk about too, because it's just language that we use very easily in regular. Yeah. And it really humanizes the tarot and it takes it, you know, out of this sort of lofty, mysterious realm and brings it down, you know, earth element brings it down into this grounded realm where we can really do some practical things with it. It makes it accessible. Yes. So what you're doing here is you're making it accessible. And I think that's very important because there are people that sometimes want to make it so mysterious, so hard to, it's like they take it out of people's hands and, and when it should be, everybody should have a deck in their hands, in my opinion. <coughs> Crowley. <Yeah. laughs> uh-huh, Crowley, I got through your book. <laughs> yeah, darn it. <laughs> so are there any decks that you feel work best with your method? Mm, that is a great question. The deck that I am working with right now is the um, Pagan Otherworlds deck by Ooh. this company, this uh, company out of Chicago called Usi Design Collective. It's U-U-S-I. Um, I really like that. It is loosely based on the Smith illustrations. There's a lot of, and actually the you know, the Sforza illustration, some of that comes through as well, uh, more traditional imagery, but it's, uh, it's softened a little bit. Mm. Right. And so, I th- and I think that decks like the Marseille deck, I think would be excellent. Um, decks that have more of a like binary good and bad angle to them. Like the, you know, the Toth deck, I think is not great. It's got those titles on the minors. And so you're like, oh, strife. Ugh. Like, yes. How- a good angle of that. Um, so, and even, you know, even the Smith deck can have some, you know, if you're reading for yourself, you can kind of see through 10 of swords person being stabbed in the back 10 times and go, oh, okay. But the, you know, the sun's coming up, but when you're reading for others and people who aren't as familiar with tarot, sometimes that more, um, brutal imagery can, uh, just can put up some blocks. Yeah, absolutely. You know, people may not know how to read cards, but people can read images. The images are archetypes. Yes. We all know when we see a picture like, um, like for example, if we see the Hierophant, we know it means something about religion. Even if we don't know anything yep. about that card, we know that somehow there's something going on here that feels like a church. So yep. there's always something archetypal that we can dip into. So I think also as readers, we have a responsibility when there is an image coming up that is difficult, that we guide people through it rather than frighten them with it. Yes, exactly. And whenever I lay, whenever I lay the cards down, I, if, death, the devil, or the tower come up, I'm talking about those cards first. Yes. No where they lay in the spread. I always, and you see people sort of stiffen and their eyes get big and like, okay, we're going to talk about this one first and then we're going to go back and contextualize it um, and sort of, you know, talk through uh, what the guidance around those cards is. And it's like, no, this does not mean that you're going to die. Here's what it means. Yeah. <laughs> I love that you cover the hard stuff first. Because it reminds me when people come to me and say, do you want the good news or the bad news? Always give me the bad news first so I can like, you know, <laughs> so that I 
better afterwards. So that's really, really funny. But I think that's also more helpful because um, we always want to make sure, again, that we are guiding people towards their best lives. Yes, exactly. And, and, uh, and And you never know what sort of trauma someone is sitting with across the table, you know, you don't know. And, and if, you know, if you're, if something, if there's a dark image that brings up something or, or the word, the devil, you know, everybody knows what the devil is, uh, that's going to, it can be so distracting that you can't take in any other information until that distraction is cleared, is cleared out. I agree a million percent. I think that is such wise advice. We could do a whole topic on that discussion right now. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's really, well, yeah, on that. And then it leads into, you know, sort of, um, a a non-binary view of tarot, which I'm, I'm working, I'm actually, I'm working on a deck right now, which is all I can say about it, unfortunately. (laughs) (laughs) But that is something that I'm working on with it is that there's, you know, every, every card is either can be glorious or challenging or painful, depending sure. on who you are, what your experience is, where you are in life, what the situation is, who else is in the room, who's at that party. You know, I mean, even something like the two of cups can be very, very, very difficult. Sure. Uh, in the right circumstance. So even the sun can burn you. Yep. Absolutely. So you said you're working on a deck and we can't talk about that, but I want to talk about your skincare because I mentioned that I have your perfume, which I love and it's, it smells great. Everybody always compliments me, but also it's, it's infused with magic and I am big into oils and magic and all of that, but you've expanded beyond the fragrance oil into other things. And I just want to know what led you there. Um, You know, what inspired you? It, it's, it's really interesting how it all came about. A friend of mine who I've been friends with for over 20 years, she was my boss. She was store manager when I was a shop girl at Betsy Johnson in Seattle in the nineties. And we just made, you know, we just stayed friends all these, all these years. And she called me up one day and said, Hey, have you ever wanted to do a perfume? And I had been thinking very seriously about it because I love, I mean, I love, love, love fragrance. And I, like, as, you know, like a kid wandering the mall by myself, I was like in the perfume section forever, you know, just like loving all the perfumes. And then as I got older and became more aware of, you know, ingredients and like what's in stuff, switched to using more essential oils. But then I missed, I missed that complexity, you know, like I love a rose oil just as much as anybody else, but I, I missed having that complex fragrance. So when she called me up, I said, yeah. And she said, okay, well, what will it be? And I went, I don't, I don't know. And I went through like, okay, if I'm going to make one fragrance, God, there's 78 cards in the deck, 22 majors. Like I can't pick one. Like, I, you know, I can't be the favorite child out of there. There's no way. And, and so then I came back to this, what was right in front of me all along, this, um, this symbol, this icon that I created to symbolize uh, sort of everything that I do in my work. So it's this, it's, it's the Hierophant staff, little three-barred cross, and the alchemical symbol for fire. Because everything that I do from my readings, my jewelry, the beauty, my writing, everything, I want it to help people be able to take this instinctual, intuitive, direct action in their lives, 
because they're rooted in the divine wisdom. Mm. So I think that this, you know, I mean, side note, like trust your, trust your intuition, trust your gut. If you're not rooted in the divine wisdom, it's, you can't really, you can't do it. You know, it's just not, it, it misfires a lot. So then got there, thought about like, okay, well, what, what essences that I use in spells and rituals match up with that? Like hierophant, frankincense, absolutely, that divine connection. And um, for fire element, ginger is my favorite one for fire element. Um, and we actually experimented with some cayenne as well, but it didn't, uh, it didn't, didn't make it in. And then uh, Palo Santo to have it have this like wonderful sort of clearing, elevating element. And then we worked for a year uh, playing with different, you know, different hardwoods and botanicals and all sorts of stuff and came up with the fragrance as it is now. And I'm so glad that you like it because I love it too. We, we make things that I want to wear. So it makes me so happy when other people uh, do too. <laughs> it smells amazing. So I will tell people, and I love oils. I don't like sprays because I'm a Gemini and breathing things in, I want to be careful. And so the fact that it's an oil makes me so happy that it lasts a long time. And so all day I just smell that and it makes me feel so centered. So I can attest for people who are listening that it, it does have those magical properties. Yes. Oh, thank you. I'm so happy to hear that. And it, and the oil base that it's in, it's a jojoba oil. So it is the close jojoba oil is the closest to your skin sebum. So it, um, it absorbs really readily. And then, yeah, I mean, as you know, it doesn't, it doesn't stay like greasy, but the fragrance lasts a long time. Yes. It's amazing. And you've got the other products now for your face too. And the dry oil, I'm looking at all this. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Well, we did. Yeah. First we did the fragrance oil and then we did the uh, the room spray. So we thought, oh, well, if you're traveling, you're in a hotel, you can't burn anything. You can spray it in the room to clear the energy. So we did that energy setting spray. And yeah, the universal dry oil for body, which I just slathered all over myself this morning. And then now moving into, into skincare, deodorant. Uh, well, we've got the DO out and we've got a body balm that has a little shimmer in it. And it's a, it's a mica shimmer. So it's, it's funny. It's, I try to photograph it to put it online and it's almost impossible to photograph because <laughs> it's such a fine shimmer that it just, in, in person, it has this like really sort of magical translucent quality. Um, yeah. And then we've got a, a face oil, a frankincense face oil um, with a bunch of other, other oils mixed into that and a cleansing mask that's got um, very finely ground quartz in it. So it's like uh, an exfoliating cleansing mask. But it's magical. I mean, all of this is, it's like you're, what I really love is you're combining magic with beauty. Mm -hmm. And I just think that's so cool for those witchy people like myself. Yeah. Well, and it's like, I'm surprised that it's not already out there because beauty is such a ritual and, you know, we're putting all of this stuff on our bodies every day and it soaks into your skin. And, you know, if we're paying that close of attention to, um, you know, sort of what we wear and crystals and gemstones and colors of clothing, then it just seems like a really logical next step. Yeah, well, I, I'm a fan. I think this is great. And I think, first of all, everybody needs to get your oil, perfume, and they should yeah. check out your other stuff. And so where can they do that, Melinda? They can do absolutely all of it on melindaleeholm.com. 
Excellent. Well, I think people should get there. I thank you so much for uh, joining me today and telling me all about these new things you're creating. I will look forward to this tarot deck whenever that's coming out. So, you know, you got my attention on that. Yes. Oh, <laughs> yes. I, you, will, you will be one of the very first to know. Once I awesome. get there, I keep asking them, like, can I tell people? <laughs> <laughs> That's so much fun. I can't wait. Um, so for people who are listening, try out this technique with reading the cards as personalities in a room. I'm going to play around with this. This is going to be fun, and it's going to open me up to new ways of reading tarot. And I think for anyone who's listening, it's going to open you up to it too. So thank yeah. you again for sharing your wisdom. Oh, thank you. Yeah, and everybody, if you do tag me in your posts on Instagram and let me know how it's going. It's just also my name at Melinda Lee home. I would love to know if people are using the technique and how it's going. Absolutely. All right, people. Well, that wraps up this episode of Tarot Bites. And you can check out lots more tarot goodness on my website, thetarolady.com. I've got free tarot and astrology lessons, the tarot coloring book, Let me start the outro all over again because I'm going to have to edit that out. I can't believe I left that phone. Mercury retrograde is having one last moment with me. Yep. Last okay. And that wraps up this episode of Tarot Bites. You can check out lots more tarot goodness on my website, thetarolady.com. I've got free tarot and astrology lessons, the tarot coloring book, hundreds of blog posts, astrological forecasts, so many other good things for you to scope out. Enjoy. I want to thank you again for listening. I hope you have a beautiful day. And by the way, if you're enjoying this podcast, do me a favor. Get on over to iTunes and leave a kind review because that helps more tarot curious people find their way to tarot bites. And as always, I like to close out by saying, Pay close attention to your intuition throughout your day and let it guide you into making brave, excellent choices. Remember that you are always in the driver's seat of your life. You are in charge of your decisions, your plans, the action steps that you take or don't take. You're the boss. And if you don't like where your life is headed right now, you can change that. Nothing is ever fixed in stone. The tarot cards tell a story, but you write the ending.